welcome our final storyteller for the night, Nick Denton. He's an actor, writer and friend who I've been in awe of his talent since I met him and we'll all be seeing him on our screens in an international production of Dangerous Liaisons very soon. <laughs> Just a little plug before you get up here. Please welcome Nick. <laughs> Hello. Thank you, Claudia. That was good, but I am an actor, but uh, let's see how I go now. <laughs> This also doesn't work considering the temperature of this room. I'm so cold. I'm so cold, I'm so, so, so cold. I'm freezing, my ears are cold, my neck is cold, my nip is cold, my chest is cold, my belly is cold, my thighs are cold, my knees are cold, I'm shivering. My feet, my little tiny pinky toe, that's warm actually, but now it's freezing, I'm freezing. I get out of bed, I'm shaking, heart hammering, hunched over like Notre Dame. I hear banging outside and it's dark outside. I hear banging behind me and it's dark outside. I hear banging behind me and it's freezing inside. And now the shower's on. I turn the shower on and it's making a racket and everything is so loud. And I don't know if I should go to the door or I should get in the shower. I get in the shower. Hottest heat pipes can handle. And I'm standing there in the scolding shower in the dark and someone's banging on the door of my bedroom, the bedroom that is attached from my family's place in New South Wales, and I know I must be sick. The banging stopped, I get in the shower, I get back into bed. It's 7.30 p.m. now. It's New Year's Eve now. The fire is calm now. People still mill on the streets in the same orange hue, still with the same makeshift gas mask stuck to their faces, still with the ash falling from the sky, two drunk teens dance in the smoked glow, we eat sausages and drink warm beer. A patch of rain came at 6pm, a fire truck adorned with flashing lights comes down the main street, a mutt dog strays by the IGA, I sit down inside a furniture shop. A shop that our friend had given us for the night. There is stuff everywhere, it's a bomb site. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. My undies are riding up my tushy. I really need to take a piss, but somebody's in the bathroom. I have a fear of flying, big time. A really bad, scary, hectic fear of flying. I got it from my sister. Here is a note I wrote about it when I was on a plane. I hate flying, I hate it. Anyone who knows me knows I hate flying. I hate the bumps, the food, the wing, the noise, the inexcusable rambunction of the passengers who are not scared. I hate the relaxed nature of the flight attendants. I hate the window seat. I hate the aisle seat. I hate the sleeping on a plane, of which I cannot do. Uh. I hate the rocking. Oh, I hate it. I hate the cram jam nature of it. Oh, I spilled my orange juice on my pants. Damn it. I hate heights and I hate how I feel. I hate the pit of my stomach turning and I hate my future evaporating before my eyes. I hate... I hate the lack of control and I hate the way that I'm putting my life in somebody else's hands. Someone I don't know. Someone who could be a complete idiot or who knows. I just, I just, I just, I'm on a plane right now. And it's rocking like some kind of boat caught off the coast of the Mediterranean. I'm trying to get back to Prague to shoot this stupid TV show. I'm trying to get back to my flat where I live. I'm shaking. Oh, duck. I wrote that. Oh, my legs are shaking. I'm so stressed. I'm contorted. Damn it, another bump. And I'm, am I the only one? Surely not. Why do you all look so calm? We are on a huge plane, flying in the sky where birds belong, where the wind is, where, where, ah. Nick, it's been half an hour. Chill the fuck out, man. It's 5 a.m. New Year's Day. The sound of the sea rapping at the rocks is cut with the flurry of car engines passing my bedroom window. I'm cold. Yeah, we're going back to where we were before. 
where I was cold, where the banging on the window, the shower's on, I think I'm sick. My phone rings out, lights up and vibrates on a bedside table, emergency text message. That's our neighbour knocking on the door. My ex-girlfriend sending me a picture of a burning wallaby. We built this house on the coast, on the coast. Best place I know, best place I've ever known. South Coast of New South Wales. I grew up coming here every summer since I was born. So much of my life has been here. So many memories and experiences. Every time I whiff RID or BO or sunscreen or bonfire smoke or humid, rid, uh, humid riverbeds or burnt out sparklers in the bush, even when I feel the sting of a bull ant or the hot sand on my feet or the wet mulch forest or cordial tacking on my fingers, I'm triggered back here. It's that place that I think about when I read a book and make it all about me. All the locations are here, all the experiences are here. Hungry, hungry caterpillar, here. Magic faraway tree, here. Harry Potter. I had Hogwarts in an Australian beachside town. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And it was good and I loved every moment of it. But this year, I'm shaken. As time shifted through the days and we closed on 2019, I couldn't capture any other happy moments. I just kept saying, it's not like the other times, what the hell? The sky stayed an ominous grey, the sun never came out, ash lined the water and drew along the sand. We walked on eggshells, lied to ourselves, tiptoed around the inevitability that we would have contact with the Royal Fire Service. Ping. Too late to leave. Seek shelter, prepare for the fires. The house packed down, panic and excitement all mixed at the same time. I've never been in a fire, I think. Isn't that a rite of passage here? Aren't natural disasters normal? Is this meant to happen? Someone cries out, stop staring at the sky, Noodle. Get in the car. <laughs> Noodle is my nickname. We arrive in town, cafes hock free coffees. The sky stayed black from the ash. My brother gets a tick in his neck. They pull it out with tooth, they put toothpaste on it and a nurse in plain clothes pulls it out with a pair of scissors. They ask for his Medicare number. An older lady emerges in the same clinic with a bashed and bleeding head from where she had fallen in the dark. I see a fire service worker doused with water, cooling them off after being too close to the fire. I turn away like I'm witnessing something very private. It's 10 a.m. The fire will be here in an hour. It's too late to leave, seek shelter and prepare. I set a lifesaver. As I walk up the hill to the relief center, a concrete club closest to the water, I watch a truck full of horses drive past me, neighing as they go. Two men with beers in their hands sit in their ute with music blaring. A dog on a leash tied to a tow bar circles and lays in the dust. I see a few people I know, but they become a blur. We smile at each other, rub shoulders and offer hugs, but then quickly lose each other in the crowd. Inside, the center is wall-to-wall -wall panic. I register the name, my, my family, under my name and number. Dogs and cats in cages, black sky is turning red. Is there an update? I asked the lady at the registration desk. Well, it's just hit the town beside us and we'll be here in an hour. All we can do is wait at the moment. Wait. What? Wait through the hour. Wait to see what happens. What? A few towns down the road we can hear cattle crying into the wind. This story goes on pretty much the same way. It goes on and on and on and it's really scary and I see some horrible things and my family experiences some horrible things and I see a town in crisis. I see big cattle trucks full of mooing cows and the driver trying to find a way to save them, save his livelihood. I see how I would react in a really messed up situation. I feel like running away. I feel like abandoning everyone and running away and I'm sick, I stick, I swear, I feel sick and I know I am. It's all just so horrible and stressful and I don't want to be here. I just want to be on my own. I don't want to, I just want to stop worrying about everything and I think my dad thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> we are stuck to our phones, checking the weather. The power goes out, the reception down, 
backup generators, we sit on the lawn outside the surf club. Someone says they can see the smoke from New Zealand. Any updates, I annoyingly again ask a lifesaver. All roads are closed. We are locked in, just settled in, should be right. At least we are close to the water. He says it like we're gonna have a good time. Well, that's how I read it. <laughs> like, pull up your socks, six bag, relax, and meet your fate. Let's all just settle in, okay? And as I said, it goes on and on and on and on, and I feel very guilty about wanting to run away. I really feel guilty. I've just driven to my car to Ojai in California. There is a waterfall in the middle of nowhere. Water barely runs on it, but it's beautiful, they said. I sit on a rock and I face a wall of trickling water. Bugs hop around in tiny pools around my feet. I imagine what it would be like if I ever saw a mountain lion. Apparently there's one loose in LA right now. It's called P22 and it killed my friend's cat. <laughs> yeah, it did. I imagine it coming to get me, eating me alive. That's what I do. I sit looking at this beautiful waterfall in California like some kind of miracle oasis and all I can think about is if an imaginary mountain lion called P-22 came to eat me, what is wrong with you? I can't shake it. I'm on the 101 coming back from Ojai into LA. It's Saturday. The lanes entering LA on my side are full of traffic, but the lanes going out from LA are all empty. I see a large machine up ahead of me on the other side of the road, some silhouettes of people on top of it. I get closer and see it is a caravan. I get closer and notice the caravan has flipped on its side. I get closer and see the car it has attached to, it was attached to, has driven into the divider between the lanes. I get closer and I see the caravan has a gas canister that is detached from it and is spinning out of control on the freeway. I get closer and my car is stopped and I'm out of my car and I'm moving over the divider between the lanes on the freeway. There are two men on top of that flipped caravan. There is an old man shaking from shock. He is being led away by a woman who yells, we gotta go, that gas canister's gonna blow. Literally said that. I look over to the gas canister and I see a bikey in a leather jacket attempting to kick it down the side of a freeway. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I look at the men on top of the trailer. I am on top of the trailer. I have my hands in a broken window and I'm reaching out and I'm lifting up a huge Labrador. His legs have buckled off from shock. There is sewage in the caravan from where the septic tank has burst. We hoist a little Jack Russell dog from the window, a cut over its eye. Everyone's hands are shaking, but we keep lifting out these animals. I hear the sound of an ambulance. I hear the sound of a fire engine coming down the service lane. I look over this freeway of banked up cars as far as the eye can see. The dogs are out, I get off the caravan. No one says anything to me. I get in my Prius, I put on YouTube, I listen to Beautiful Day twice. <laughs> <laughs> Physically, I often feel very free in the way that I live in the world. But I think more often I'm actually hiding the emotions from myself of how afraid I am of dying. It scares the hell out of me, and I'm sure it scares the hell out of everybody here. But many just deal with it in different ways. I feel like I'm cold all the time. Feeling like I'm going to get sick, feeling like the plane's going to go down, that a natural disaster will engulf me, and an imaginary mountain lion called P-22 is going to chew off my ear. <laughs> But as I get older, I'm trying to become good at being aware of the importance of making big decisions in moments where I feel those feelings or have those thoughts about death because the thing about decisions is you have to make them, mentally or physically, because whether you want to or not, you have to. And once you become aware of making them, you see how it changes so much than just that moment because everything just keeps happening to us. It always happens to us, all these things. Isn't that what life is? It's just a bunch of stressful things and painful things and joyous things and things you can't avoid or run or reach from, reach for otherwise. They will always happen to you. 
And I guess you've got to get good at facing these things and letting them embrace you. In those times when I can appreciate the decision-making moments, I like that feeling because then I feel like I have some control in a very uncontrollable world. Now, now I'm on a plane. I'm flying back to Melbourne. I sit still. I get a glass of wine. I watch Bergman Island and Succession. And I eat one of the best plane meals I've ever had. I fall asleep. I look around. I feel like one of those people on the planes, one of those people who are not scared and I'm not afraid because I don't want to be. And I'm not, not at all. I'm so happy to be there, actually. I'm just really happy to be around people, watching a movie with my seat reclined 10 centimetres. <laughs> not being any of that, just reaching for something that's not reaching for something that's going to take me over or take over me. I'm just being there, being here, unafraid. Thank <laughs> you.